I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one this is in the chemistry lab. You're on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We've got a couple of guests on the show today. We will be joined at 1245 by Jerry McNamara. We'll get his thoughts on last night's loss and where this team goes from here. And then 130, Dan Siegel, host of the College Basketball Takeover podcast. We'll get his thoughts on uh, ACC basketball through the first few months of the season. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. You, you said to me as we hit the air, are you ready? Uh, ready or not, here we go, Pauly. Um, second week in a row now. They've done everything but win the game, right? The most important thing, Steve. Right, it is. Um, and it's a shame because, you know, you said it on the show yesterday. You said it on the show before we started today, and you said, this team's going to be an NCAA tournament team come March, but not be an NCAA tournament team. They're going to they're going to be playing like one and look like one, but they're not going to have the resume. And uh, it is certainly trending in that direction. Back to back weeks now, they had a um, you know that wasn't a quad one opponent last night. You know, Carolina's just on the outside looking in, but they had a quality opponent on the ropes, and they lost by four. It happened last week against uh, Miami, eighty two seventy eight. Happened last night, seventy two sixty eight. Uh, did everything but win the game. Uh, and take care of the basketball. Did not take care of the basketball last night. You Although know, we, we talked about turnovers and rebounding. It, it kind of went the opposite of the way we both thought, right? Yeah. We thought that rebounding was going to be a struggle. And, you know, well, they might take care of the basketball. It was the opposite. Had 17 turnovers. Actually won the rebounding battle. Um, and they were, you know, they're in position to win that game, obviously. They're up to with the basketball with under a minute to play. Up to with the basketball under a minute to play, and, and they lose by four in regulation. Can't get an off, like get a rebound on a missed free throw. You know what sums it up, Steve? I said it last night when it happened. Well, poop. That was how I said. That's, that's kind of how I felt last night. And I said it in the exact exact way, G rated. It was just meh. well, meh. That's well, that's what it unfortunate. Is. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, well, poop. I was really looking forward to them winning that game. I want it for the kids, as they would say. And they had every opportunity to do it. Um, 17 turnovers. And I've been the biggest Joe Girard defender for the past few games. Six turnovers. Could could have had seven. Got to be better with a basketball. You're, you're a senior. Yeah, um, even with the turnovers, they're right there, and they ju- they just they couldn't close it out. Uh, you know, Joe hit that big three, put him up two with about ninety seconds left. Then UNC uh, unable to convert on its following possession. SU has the ball, fifty three seconds left, up two. You know, they they wind down the clock. They use a lot of the shot clock, and then you know, Judah went one on one, and you know, I I know people are saying, well, he's you know, they got to find somebody else there. Listen. R.J. Davis couldn't stay in front of him. 
Couldn't stop him. And it worked. You know, you, you go back five minutes prior to that, he he had a lot of success getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line, hitting the, the pull-up play jumper. before that. Right. And, and the shot just, I mean, it, it was a good shot, just rolled around the rim and out, and then that opens the door. And then they go down the other end, and we know what happened. Carolina gets fouled. They make one of two on the second free throw. It's a miss. And, again, it's hard to, you know, Jesse's out of the game at that point. Um, you watch the play. It's not really Hema's fault. I mean, he had Baycott. Neither one of them got the rebound. It, it, it was a long rebound. It went over both of their heads. There's a loose ball, and we, you know, Joe instinctually tries to save it and unfortunately saves it right to Nance, who lays it in and uh, puts Carolina up, and, uh, and we, all, we all saw what happened after that. Um, it's a, because, again, you're right. It was not a perfect game. They fell behind again early, as we've been seeing. You know, uh, we, we asked the question yesterday, what, what's going to be the first half deficit? I think I said eight. It was nine. Um, they fought their way back, though. And, it, you know, again. and even with the mistakes, the turnovers. Um, but you don't give guys, you don't, yeah. you can't give a team nine as much as they came back. You can't, if you play even with them, you win that game. Yeah. I get, the Joe Girard save under the basket, you hear it, even if you're just a CYO basketball player, don't do that. Too many turnovers, but I feel as if instinctively it's not a normal thought to think I should catch this ball and fall out of bounds and just hope we can cover defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I... I don't have a problem with that, and and we'll we'll hear from Jerry McNamara coming up at twelve forty five. I'm curious to get his thoughts uh, on that. And you always hear you don't save it underneath, you know, the opponent's basket. But again, it w- it was it was off him. I mean, he wouldn't have dove like that if it, if it you know. And you yeah. watch the replay, and it certainly appears as though it would have been off him. So Carolina would have had the ball with you know seventeen seconds left or whatever whatever the case may be. You know, down by one, a chance to win the game. Um, and you know, obviously, you would have preferred that scenario over what happened, which is he batted yeah. it right to Nance. But again, instinctually, you try to save it. Hema was right there. He just he kind of batted it a little bit wide oh, of Hema. It was such a perfect feed. It's it, beautiful, yeah. beautiful pass. <laughs> it was <a> beautiful. <laughs> it led pass. right to a layup. Nance was was uh, there and uh, and laid it in. And um, you know, an, another piece of this is you know the the flagrant that they called on Judah Mintz. Obviously, if they don't call flagrant there. You know, now it's a it's a one point game, ten seconds left, and you know even if they make a couple of free throws, now you could tie it with a three. You know, you and I were talking about it before the show. You know, just the night prior was the the strange ending with with Duke and Virginia Tech, where Virginia Tech scores with whatever it was, it was really about the same amount yeah. of time. It's about twenty seconds left, and on the celebration, the pumping of the fist, Kyle Filipowski gets hit in the neck, and they reviewed it. And they decided not to call a flagrant um, on the celebration. And then, obviously, we saw what happened last night with Judah where he catches R.J. Davis in the nose with his elbow for a second time. They reviewed it, and they decided it was a flagrant, which essentially ended the game. And, you know, you were looking up the rule and the verbiage and exactly what it says, and and one of the things it says is, is unnecessary contact. And it was deemed unnecessary contact the night before, Again, it would just be nice if there was some consistency, right? If if one's a flagrant, the other one probably is. If one's not, you know, that one probably isn't. Um, it would because, as you said, unintentional, but unnecessary. I think they were both unintentional and both unnecessary, but they they but obviously also, got you to for the, for the when flagrant. a player swings an elbow and makes a legal, non-excessive contact with an opponent above the shoulders, which that was. 
So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think like, I think by the letter of the law they got it right last night. But again, the the previous night was was kind of the same exact thing, right? I mean, it was you know it was on a celebration, not on a drive, but it was really the same thing above the shoulders. I mean, your neck is above your shoulders. Yeah. Um, so it would just be nice if there was some consistency. And again, this isn't you know it, it's not the ref's fault. I'm not saying blame the ref. I will also say this: I'm sitting right on the scorers' table. The entire North Carolina bench, and they were right, said. That's twice. That's twice he's done this. Him, yeah, he did. Got him twice in the nose. Um, yeah, I, I I think there were some strange calls down the stretch of that game. I'll go back to about five minutes to go, a little over five minutes to go. Uh, Judah's offensive foul, that was his third foul, the and one that got called off. Yeah. That was a block. Right. And, I, I mean, it just was. That, that was. that was a bad call. I mean, Reese Davis on the broadcast is saying that was a block. It was a block. Uh, and that was a, a huge point in the game. Obviously, you're you're taking three points off the board there uh, for Syracuse, which I mean that would have put them up 65-61. They they would have been up four there. Again, a lot of basketball to be played after that. I get that, but that was it. Wasn't a well refed game. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but it also I, I feel as if seventeen turnovers is a bigger issue. And breaking it down even further, Steve, fourteen of the seventeen. Turnovers came from your yeah. your big three. The, well, yeah, right. And the backcourt in particular had eleven, right? It was Ten. Six and five, six and four. Oh, six and four. Okay, and then four and from five. Jesse. The three guys you want to have the ball now, in their now hands. Now, part of that, and we've talked about this. They, part of that is you're your best players, and the ball's in their hands constantly. But yeah, but that's too many. Yeah, that's too many. I'm just saying it. It doesn't surprise me that a that's majority a, of the turnovers are coming from the guards. Normally, you're the smartest guy in the. I'm court. saying I. That's too many. I'm agreeing with you, but I'm not surprised that a majority and, of your turnovers come from the guys right. that have the ball in but their hands. Fourteen the at this point of the season, those three should not be turning yes. the ball over fourteen times. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um. I was taking issue with you said a majority of the turnovers come from those guys. That's going to happen because the ball is in their I hands. I get that, but they should also be, at this point, not turning it over. Yes. Way too many turnovers. Um, I, I think this one's tougher to swallow than the Miami game, frankly. Absolutely. It's a home game. Right. You had the lead. You had a bigger lead in, my, in the Miami game. Um, but this, I think, hurts more, the way that it all went down. Three one five four three seven seven six four four. Call in. Let us know who sucks. I'm sure you think the refs suck. Joe suck. Judah suck. Someone's. You can all call in and tell us. We'll take it. We've got uh, some sound from Jim Beheim that we will uh, we will play back. Someone sarcastically in the chat right now is saying, "Why was Jude on the court?" And I get it. If you guys don't see it now, like even even him getting the charge of the flagrant called, there's not many people in the ACC that could guard that kid. Yeah, we're not we're not doing we're not doing that right, right. <laughs> and no, I, I had if, somebody tweet at me last if, night. If that, people want to call thing. in and say it, they can. Yeah. If you disagree with us, please feel yeah. free. Not only was he on the court, but it was get the ball to Judah. Like yeah. that was the plan because I think you're right. R.J. Davis couldn't stay in front of him. It's and, unfortunate they caught him with and, his elbow. You know what else stinks is, you know, Leaky Black is probably one of the best defenders in the ACC, and Joe dropped 18 on that kid last night. Just turned the ball over, you know. Man, it had the makings of being a good quad two win. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, and, and again, we talked about this yesterday. That game is probably going to end up being a quad one by the end of the year. I mean, Carolina, moved, you know, yes, they moved up because they won, but they're 31 now. They move up one more spot. That falls in the quad one category. But, man, you you – you had you had every opportunity to win that game, just like you did against Miami. And now, you know, you've got two more now, Virginia Tech and Virginia coming up where these are – I hate the whole must win, especially no, in January. Are. But it's getting to that point where, man, you, you need some wins against good teams. And you've got two opportunities. It's a Virginia Tech team you've already beaten. We I know down there player. is tougher. You know, Hunter Couture was out. He's back now. And they just beat Duke. This would be a really good win, though. Right. And you know you're, you're capable of beating them. And Virginia – you. You played good with them in the second half. Right, I was going to say, right, you got Don't off to a them, slow start. Yeah. Got, you were you're way behind, and then you you made a nice comeback. But they're not unbeatable, you know. And you got them in your place. So, you know what else has gone quietly unnoticed? Chris Bell has onions. That dude hit shots right in people's faces. That one last shot night. where he like pump faked and then still went up with the three. I was like, he shot it with a dude in yeah. his mug and just cashed it in. I like that kid. He played really well last night. I I didn't think that was going to be a Chris Bell game because 15, he doesn't rebound. Four but rebounds. He, right. He, and he, he stuck assists. his nose in there on a few, too. No he, turnovers. Good for him. The four rebounds. Like, he actually he got a little, he you got, know, he mixed it up a little bit he, last night. When Syracuse was making its run there, he had a huge offensive yeah. rebound where he would just yeah. grab He it. went after the ball, yeah. which is what they, you know, so... I don't know. These are all silver linings, and yeah, no, nobody it, wants to talk about that today, but you're right. Chris Bell played very well. And if you're a Syracuse fan at this point, you want this team back next year. I hope the coaches are I, – I hope this team doesn't get bit by the portal. I also said this to you before the Steve. I'm looking at the schedule. This team could win 21 games and not make the tournament. Yeah. You know, they got to beat – they got to have more than that. They're going to have to be in the 25 range if they want to make the tournament. They are playing better, though. You know, I mean, like the the way that the way they played against Miami, the way they play, you know, they they didn't get the win. That's the most important part. I kind of want to go up to uh, Adam Weitzman when he's got a, you know, at the table and be like, you know, instead of recruits, why don't you keep this team together? Because it'd be fun. Thank you. All right, we'll hear uh, some sound from Jim Beheim on the other side. We got Jerry McNamara coming up at twelve forty-five. Dan Siegel at one thirty. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Uh, it is Orange Nation. I played the wrong damn song. Give me a second here, Steve. This happens like once a show. I stink at my job. I'm more than willing to admit it. The artist of the day, Alicia Keys. And I forgot why. Is it her birthday? I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. This is your thing. This one is called Karma. I knew a lot of these songs. She does a lot of collabs, as the kids call them. Uh, today's her birthday. She is, uh, what is she? She's 42. I had to do some quick math. Speaking of math, you should uh, add up your money, Steve. Count your money. Okay. Make sure you get lots of it. And if you want to do that, go to the Elite Wealth Management Group, your GPS for financial planning. They are the sponsor of Orange Nation this hour. I don't think we have to count our money. I think that I have they, none. They could. They counting could count mine, our money for us. Counting mine is very easy. Zero. 
All right. I uh, have a 401k except for the four and the one are missing. <laughs> that was an old man joke. Let's go to John. John's kicking us off on the show today. Hey, John. Hi, man. How are you today? We're doing Good. all right. How, How about you? you? Uh, well, let me take my orange-colored glasses off. and I got a, a question and a point. Question. Do you think TV Teddy was jealous last night of all the zebras getting the airtime? <laughs> I, I, there was a point where I was wondering if uh, Teddy Valentine was traveling on the same plane as Syracuse because he's been at a lot of games this year. Yeah, I, I don't recall this year so many looks at the monitor for non-calls. And then the calls that they did look at, they got them wrong. It's whatever. Um, you know, it's tough enough to win five-on-five. When it was eight against five, it, it's like we can't catch a break with the zebras. I just don't get it. I just, I don't watch a, a ton of college basketball, you know, maybe eight games a week. I don't see this on other programs. I just don't understand it. I, I would, any insight? Well, I would say, John, that I do watch a lot of college basketball. I know you do as well, Paulie. There, there is a lot of inconsistency with officiating. We were just talking IQ Sports Talk, and I said... Every fan base is making this exact same argument at least twice a year that John's making right now. North Carolina was upset last night going into the flagrant foul because Judah got away with one the first time where he elbowed a kid in the face. Yeah, and and there's calls that could go both ways, right? Um, you look at the, the last play when Carolina's trying to ice it and... You know, Judah's fifth foul, and well, that that might have been an offensive foul. He got shoved. Yeah, that might have been. You know, that that could have been an offensive foul. I I go back to the the charge with five minutes to go. That was an and one. That was three points wiped off the board. Um, you know, the flagrant again. I I could go either way. It, it was definitely a charge. I could go either way on whether or not it was a flagrant. You know what I don't like? Given given the way the rule is written, I don't like. You know, and I don't know if it's true, but it's not public knowledge. That there's no, there's no recourse. Like there's no punishment for these refs. They'll be at the next game. You know, there's no sitting on the bench for them. Well, the the punishment is they're you know they're graded, and if they don't receive the grades they want to receive, they then don't go to the tournament. Yeah, go don't go to the tournament or or advance on in the tournament. But that's just dumb. Like they shouldn't. They should be. It should be more evident to the fans. Like. There should be a press release like this. Dope got it wrong. And well, they did that for a while, right? With the NBA, with the the final two minute report, and you know that that opened up a whole another can of worms. Everybody seemed to hate it because again, what what, what satisfaction do you get if they say, you know what, it, it was an offense of you know Judas fifth foul. He should have been on the court. SU should have had the ball down too. But we played it out, and that's the you know the game. The other over. thing like, is, what, does that does that satisfy you? I normally am against this. Why can't Jim Beheim throw a flag there? On a charge, and be like, can't we give him one review? You know, I've been a proponent of this for a while now. In all sports, you can get it right. Let's get it right. The the thing with the the block charge is it it is a it's a subjective call. It was a bang bang play. You know, even the two announcers are you know disagreeing on it. You know, Reese said it was a charge. Debbie said it. Or Reese said it was a block. Debbie said it was a charge. It, I don't know. I mean, to me, it looked like a. a Easy block. And, I mean, those refs, like, I don't envy the refs. They're getting hammered on everything. Like, Munir Hima got a foul called on him. 
where the where Beheim and Jerry are yelling at him. He went straight up, and he was clearly sideways, and it was clearly a foul on Moo. I like Jesse had a bad call against him last night. He had a couple. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to the phone lines. Pat and Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Pat. Yeah, you just stole my thunder. I was going to talk about the Jesse. Um, I believe it was his fourth foul where the so the lead official was across the lane looking through the play, and he called Jesse for that. I want to say it was his fourth on Baycott where, I mean, you – any, I, I think if if the ref standing there had watched the tape, he would have even said that was a that that was a play on. I mean, minimal contact, great defensive position. That's a play on. That was a game changer. Uh, I can't remember how long he went out for, but the other call that I haven't heard too much chatter about that people are mi- possibly missing is the push off on the missed free throw. I mean, if if you go back and look at the tape that lead official, the same lead official is way too narrow on that look. So he's almost what they call straight line looking at that. So of course he didn't see it. I mean, he's got to be wide on that so that he has a good angle to see clearly massive displacement that, that should have been a, that should have been a foul on the missed free throw and pretty much the game's over. I mean, and then the flagrant one, I, I believe there's some language that they changed in the rule. I'm actually, I actually reached out to some, some of the college uh, people to try to see exactly what the rule book says. Cause it used to be, I, I want to say two years ago, there had to be what they call intent. And then they changed it last year with the basketball move. And I think now even the basketball move uh, could potentially be out the door because there's, there's no way that um, if the rule book was changed that they'd, that would not have been a flagrant one on Judah last year, definitely two years ago, because he was making a basketball move. First of all, the, the funniest part is you could actually come in with a block on that because if, you know, in the NBA, you hear all about the cylinder. If in college or high school, if you're right up in the offensive guy's, you know, cylinder and, and you're invading his airspace, you, you, and you catch an elbow, that's, that's illegal guarding position, and that and it honestly shouldn't even be a flagrant. Tough call. I think there was five tough calls. I think we were on the wrong end of four of them. Um, but the other thing I really want to talk about that dawned on me, one of the announcers um, said it last night. Um, we don't get enough easy shots. I mean, all I mean, we shot a good percentage, but there's two ways that this team can easily start getting better shots. The first way is to push the ball a little bit more and, and have a little emphasis on, on trying to not go against a set defense. And the, the second thing is we, we got a bunch of guys who just want to play hero ball. I mean, that's my biggest knock on Judah. Um, you know, people can agree to disagree that, you know, he has made some progress uh, with, you know, seeing the play and making plays and making the right pass. He's definitely had some good playmaking, but I, I, I just think the mentality of him and Joe as backcourts are, they both want to be the hero, and Joe made a couple good plays definitely on that pass uh, at least two or three times, but he did have six turnovers. Um, he shot a good percentage, but to me, I can't remember a team that has so many guys that don't even know how to pass. I mean, Chris Bell he might get one good look, you know, to, to a teammate a game. I just don't see this as a good passing team. Um, in years past, uh, we haven't been a good ball handling team, you know, when Joe's your primary and obviously Buddy got a lot better handling the ball. So we'll have to see what happens. 
this is the year that I think um, with the ACC as wide open as it is, um, our our best easiest path to the tournament instead of having to deal with um, the nonsense with the bubble is just go go out and win the damn thing in Greensboro. I think it could happen. I think we're getting better. I think if Bell can keep shooting the way he is, I'm a little disappointed that um, we haven't got a little bit more continuity on offense. But maybe that'll come. Uh, really tough loss. I, I, I can't remember being this, this disappointed. But, uh, you know, you got five losses there. We were talking last night about it, that if you get three out of those five in your favor, you go from out of the tournament to, you know, right now you're in. So it's a tough season. They are getting better. And uh, I don't know, Paulie. I, I know you enjoy the bubble, but right now we'd be talking that IT bubble, unfortunately. Right. They're a one seed in the NIT right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're much better than that. I, yeah. I, I believe that we are. I've been saying that this is going to be a tournament team when the season ends and they're not going to be in the tournament if, unless they get these big wins, Steve. Yeah. Um, the other thing Pat said there, and I don't want to argue, just say Syracuse's offense, every year I hear this, it's this player's played like Tyus Battle was accused of playing hero ball. That's Jim Beheim's offense. It's isolating, it's getting that's how Syracuse gets points. Yeah, and again, we, we saw some of their best offense down the stretch of that game was Judah's guy couldn't guard him. R.J. Davis could not stay in front of him, and so it was Judah going one-on-one and, and making plays, and, and by and large, it it worked. He was he was getting a lot of buckets, and, and then he had a couple that rimmed out on him in key spots. One of them went in and out, and Malik Brown tipped it in. The, the the big one that didn't go was the one with that where they're up to with he the ball blew right by him and you know they're you know, whatever it was thirty seconds left and um and it just you know it's a good shot it just you know rimmed out and Carolina got the rebound just to go back to the flagrant foul again for the the purposes of you know so just so everybody's aware and, and Pat's right the verbiage has changed over the years but as it stands right now a flagrant one foul two shots in the ball. Uh, excessive in nature or unnecessary or avoidable, uncalled for, not required by the circumstances of the play. And again, it, it, it doesn't have to be intentional. It just has to be unnecessary, avoidable, uncalled for, not required. I think, it, again, letter of the law, I understand why they gave him a, a flagrant last night. Um, but again, the the very night prior with you know Duke and Virginia Tech, if Judah got called for a flagrant one, Virginia Tech should have gotten called for a flagrant one. It just it would be nice to see some consistency with how that that rule is, uh, you know how they how they go about officiating and you know officiating that rule because they those two things to me were very very similar in nature and they were called the exact opposite. Yeah. I want to make one more point on the isolation in hero ball. Ask Eric Devendorf, ask Derek Coleman, ask Sherman Douglas, ask Tyus Battle how fun it is to be a part of that offense. Like that's why some players come here is you get to you get to go. You, get to, you know, you get to spread the floor and go. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you look at all the the great point guards that they've had here, and that's that's like to your point. That's man part you, of the reason why you, you want to run, come here. You run that open play, you're getting to the basket. You could show what you could do. Uh, open, right. you run the open. I know that play. Let's uh, let's hit a timeout here. I know we've got a few more people on hold. Please stay on hold. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Jerry McNamara coming up at twelve forty five. Back after this on ESPN Radio. 
Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Our number two of the I Hate Referee show. No one as I am from Alicia Keys. Happy birthday, 41 today. 42. 42. If you'd like to bag on the refs, as the kids would say, 315-437-7644. Throw some smoke and shade at them. They were bad last night. That's what we're here for. I won't say that because I stink at my job, too. I don't want people calling in telling me I stink at my job. Vito in Syracuse disagrees with me about Judah Mint, Steve. What's up? All right. Hey, Vito. Hey, guys. What's up? Yeah, last night I brought this up with Devo. Um, let's let's go back in time a little bit. March 10, 2022, Barclays Center, Syracuse versus Duke. Samir Torrance in that game, 7 points, 11 assists. Last night, in 13 minutes, Samir comes in, gets proceeds to get three assists, and no turnovers, no fouls. In 31 minutes, Mintz has four turnovers, two assists. Don't forget Having the 17 points. points. Don't forget the 17 points, Vito. Don't forget the 17, 17 points. 17 points, but he missed 11 shots. Compare, I also, I want to make one quick thing. Comparing assists on this year's team to last year's team is... Apples and oranges. You're, you're, you're going to get assists when you're throwing out to three-point shooters much easier than you would on this year's team. My point is, your your point guard is your floor general. He's the guy that's supposed to be uh, contributing to the box score in, ter- in terms of assists. When you miss 11 shots, a lot of those are tantamount to turnovers. Do you want you guys want to know the plus minus in that game? Guess who had the worst plus minus for Syracuse and who had the best one? Who? Uh, who uh, okay, so if you took shots away from Mintz, who would you would wait. want? Who would you want to have taken the shots that Juno Mintz took last night? Not not either of them. I'd rather have I'd rather have Symir in there when it counts and have Justin on the wing because you have more people that draw defenders that are threats to score and you have a ball distributor in there. I, I'm I'm not advocating for having for having mints out of the game for 30 minutes. I, I'm just saying in that ending, in those endings, so he he just cannot be there. He's just not cutting it. It's it's borderline definition of insanity at this point that we're still having this discussion. But let me ask you this question again. Do you know that Simon? I, I don't mean I don't I don't mean to. Be, I just want to. And this isn't a shot at Samuel Torrance. Samuel Torrance didn't sniff the court at Marquette. Okay, but, but, but he's that's, here. that's in the past, but look at what he's done for Syracuse. Just let, let me ask you this question before, you know, if I don't get this in. Who do you think, who had the best plus minus and who had the worst? And I'll tell you the numbers. Who were they? Well, the, the way that this is going, I'm assuming that Symir had the best and Judah had the worst. Is, is that where you're going with this? Symir's plus minus was five. Judah's was minus nine. Okay. You can't have two assists from your point guard out there for 31 minutes. Uh, Gerard had five himself. If you put Symir in there and you put Taylor, let's say, on the wing, you're, you're going to stretch the defense out and you're going to have someone in control, not running into six and, and eleven you're gonna bodies. Have, you're going to have one 18. less guy on the, the floor if who you can take, score. If you take Taylor, if you had Taylor in last night, Chris Bell's not in, right? 
No, you're taking out Mintz, and you're well, yeah. I guess you would take him out, yeah. but that's not the point. I mean, that actually, is you know the what? point. That's a point. It is that's not a moot point. You can't say, "Hey, I'm going to take the guy out who scored 15 points last night." Actually, I will admit, I'm you know, it could be either him or him, but I'm just saying, in that ending, you take out Mintz and you put Samir, and I'm convinced that we win the game. He missed 11. He missed 11 shots out of 18. We're not looking for him to shoot 20 shots a game. They are though. For, they no, are. He's we're, a scoring guard. Yes. No, he, we're not. If you got, if you have Gerard and Bell in there, we're not looking for Mintz to to score. He's he's losing the games because he has a score first mentality. The the stats prove it. Veto. 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 Oh God, he, that's enough. I can't. Okay. So. I mean, the the end. They, they're in position to win that game in large part because of Judah Mintz. Again, go. Let's just let's go back to six minutes left to go in the game. Syracuse is down sixty-two fifty-seven. They're down by five points with six minutes to go in the game. Judah breaks down. R.J. Davis hits a jump shot. Sixty-two fifty-nine. Next possession. Judah on the fast break gets to the basket. Gets hammered. Goes to the free throw line. Makes them both. Sixty-two sixty-one. Judah had the drive that Jerry was talking about. Four minutes to go. Tough finish. So he's he's now scored six straight points. 63-62 Syracuse. We go, you know, move forward to the end of the game. Two minutes to go. He beats R.J. Davis again. Doesn't go. Ball goes in and out. Malik's there for, for a tip. They go back up by one. I get that the final shot, you know, final play didn't go their way. They're not in position to win that game if not for Judah Mintz. And I just I think it's the backup quarterback syndrome, Paulie. It is the, the starting quarterback threw an interception at the very end, so the backup should have been in the game. It's so silly that that argument. The only reason Samir played at Duke was because Buddy Beheim punched a dude. <laughs> Listen, I like Samir, and and I he's great in the role he does. Right, Judah was struggling at a point in the game, and he got yanked for Samir. It's great. It's his role. He's a good player. He's not better than Judah Mintz. And the thought that well, if Samir's in the game, they win those you know the last two games. I I just um, I I don't buy it. I hope we're not doing this again. I hope we're not going down this path. I I, I appreciate the passion, Vito, but Judah had seventeen points. And you if know, you think Samir Torrance, Justin Taylor, <laughs> is your is your better lineup? So you had Gerard with the game on the line. With the at, game on the line at all? No, I know, but I there, there's like they have a role, and they come in, they do their role, and they do it well. I mean, Justin only got three minutes last night. Samir came in 13 minutes, and he he did his job. He knows his job. He does it well. You want your best players on the floor to decide a game. We didn't we talk about this for three days last week, like nonstop. Yes. You want your best players on the floor, and Judah is one of your three best players. And the one of the plays wasn't a he he had an and one to basically. Put the game away, and it got taken away from him. Well, I don't know about put the game away, but yes, yeah. it was that was a that was a key moment in the game. Yes, it, it changes the outcome of the game. It's three right. points. Right, I understand. It, that was a big call. That was a big call. Um, that was. I'm not going to use the word I use. I'm not going to use it. You were going to use a four letter word that began with D. Yes. Yeah. That was a dumb take. Thank you. Vito's not alone though. Like I've I've heard that from others. I it's it, it, to use your word, it's silly, Steve. Okay, <laughs> I feel more comfortable with that. 
All right, let's hit another timeout. 315-437-7644. I got to keep going. Is this the only fan base in America that does this? That that Syracuse can't recruit is an argument. They They get a top 100 recruit, and they're playing, you know, they're playing them a lot, and now it's an issue. Here's the thing. No. The other thing is, if Judamitz wasn't playing more, people would be complaining, why isn't this top 100 recruit playing all the time? It's it's an unwinnable situation. Or if Judah's on the bench and Samir, you know, turns it over there, then it's, yes. you know, why in the world was Judah on the bench? You, you can't win. I mean, when there's, right? I mean, when, when they lose a close game, it's, I look, somebody's got to be to blame. And when you're looking at turnovers last night, Joe Girard had six. He's a senior. He can't do that. I'm gonna be. I'm far more upset about that than I am four from a freshman who's trying to score. You said, "Is this the only fan base that does it?" And I, I know for a fact that it's not. And I, I use the Josh Allen example of the Vikings game I was at. It happened again after this Bengals loss. You go on social media, you'll see people saying Josh Allen is not the not the franchise quarterback for the Bills. The plus minus. We're ignoring the plus minus proof, Steve. No, it's nonsense. It's it's nonsense. Junamid should not be here. Goodbye. Simon Torrance for president. I, I I don't get it. If Simon Torrance was the option to win basketball games, that a guy who's won more than everybody but one other guy <laughs> has done, he would do it. I thought we were I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done with it. I guess not. Let's hit the timeout and regroup. 315-437-7644. Uh, Dan Siegel at 130. Back after this on ESPN Radio.